Good morning and welcome to St James's Church. Uh, we're going to begin with our Bible readings and our first reading is from the book of Isaiah chapter 64 and verses 1 to 9 and it reads this. Oh that you would burst from the heavens and come down, how the mountains would quake in your presence. As fire causes wood to burn and water to boil, your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. You welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways. But you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall. And our sins sweep us away like the wind. Yet no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. Don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and see that we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading is from Mark chapter 13, uh, and it's from verse 24 uh, to the end of the chapter, which is verse 37. And this is in the context of Jesus uh, talking to his followers. Uh, <clears throat> and he's said at the beginning of the chapter about how the temple will be thrown down. And so uh, Peter, James, John, Andrew, they've come to him and said, Lord, when will this happen? Uh, and this is halfway through his response to them. From verse 24. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard, stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. 
you too must keep watch. For you don't know when the master of the household will return, in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone. Watch for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as we come to reflect on God's word, let's pray together and ask for his help. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word to us. And we invite you now to fill us again with your Holy Spirit, that we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's Advent Sunday. We know that because we have an Advent wreath, uh, because we have an Advent candle lit for us today by Edna. Um, we are officially on this run until Christmas. Uh, I know we joke every year about decorations being on supermarket shelves um, in September, October time. Um, what can you do? But for the church, Advent Sunday, the start of a new year, we begin with just this beautiful period of waiting. Now, I say beautiful. The honest truth, I don't like waiting. I'm rubbish at waiting. Uh, I cannot tell you the number of times I've gone to a bus stop, looked up the road, waited. And if in 20 seconds the bus hasn't come, I've started walking to the next bus stop on the basis that I can catch the bus at the next bus stop. And if, <coughs> when I get to the next bus stop, I look round and I can't see a bus, might as well keep walking. Now what that means is, I have watched many, many buses drive past me while I'm walking between bus stops. Uh, because I'm too impatient. Uh, it is something about being in London. We are spoiled with public transport. The idea that uh, you have to wait, you know, seven minutes for a tube train. It seems outrageous. There's always one coming within three or four minutes, except for the Piccadilly line heading to Uxbridge. Uh, the number of times I've sat at Acton Town watching Heathrow trains coming in their dozens, full of, oh, just full of carriages and space. And the next Rainers Lane or Uxbridge train is just a, a distant memory. I, I, I get very grumpy. But this is London. You can get anywhere, actually, without waiting too long. Uh, I had to go to a meeting uh, in the Essex countryside uh, for people who write for uh, a Christian magazine, write services and prayers and uh, sermon ideas. And um, I got myself the train to Chelmsford uh, and I went to the bus station. I went, right, I've, I've looked it up on Google. There is a bus that goes from here to the village that I want to get to, a place called Pleshy. And so I got to the bus stop and I said, so... Where's this bus? 
there was no bus. Uh, and so I went into the office. I said, oh, I'm looking for this bus. And I said, oh, that bus. Have you booked? That bus only runs if enough people want to catch it. So I need to have told you that I want to catch the bus. The week before, I need to catch the bus. They went, well, yes. <laughs> that just, as a Londoner, that just seemed outrageous. Uh, my brother works for Essex County Council, and I told him in no uncertain terms that this was unacceptable. <laughs> um, as it was, uh, I was able to call someone who was going to the same place that I was, and I hitched a lift uh, in the back of their car, um, sat on a, well, next to their baby seat. Long story, different story, doesn't matter. I, I just don't like waiting. Now, as a child, there are so many ways that we have invented to help children um, cope with just the whole excitement of Christmas coming. So I used to have uh, an advent candle, uh, one advent candle which was on our dining table, and this, came, this candle had marks all the way down it with the numbers 1 to 25. And we would burn it every evening and it, until it melted down to the next line, and then you, you blew it out, and that, that marked how far you'd got, and it would mark the date through December. And obviously, the shorter the candle, the closer you were. Now, A, I like that because I got to light a candle um, and blow it out uh, every day through December. At our church, we had an Advent wreath and we lit a candle on a Sunday. And again, I liked being able to go light the candle when it was my turn. But you can only light one a week. And when you are, when you are under 16... A week takes a long time to come around. So thinking, there's five candles, and you wait a week between lighting each one. <sighs> I need something else to occupy myself in between times. So, the other thing that we use is Advent calendars. Uh, now you'll see that this one has been provided for uh, my kids by their grandparents and behind each window of the advent calendar is a chocolate. Now, this is part of the tragedy of my life. I was never allowed a chocolate advent calendar. You opened the window and there was a little picture and a bit of the Christmas story. And that was as exciting as it got. Um, my children now get chocolate every day through December um, because their grandparents say they can. And how can you argue against the grandparents' word? Uh, and I'm only slightly bitter. But again, it's a day by day, every day. We open a window, we're one day closer to Christmas. Now, the difficulty is that we count down the month to Christmas. We do it by weeks with the Advent candles. We do it day by day with a an Advent candle with an Advent calendar. But actually, our readings today are of a people who have been waiting years, centuries, for any word from God to say that, that he was there, that he was with them, that they, they hadn't been forgotten. 
And so our Isaiah reading, I mean, just the passion of the writers, like that you would rend the heavens and come down. Like, God, please, we need you. We cannot live without you. We are waiting. And we know what you are like. We know the difference that you would make if you came because we have our history, because we tell each other the stories of Passover, of Moses and the plagues of Egypt. We know the stories of how you saved David from Goliath, of how you saved Daniel from the lion's den. We know your power, O Lord, and we need you. And so Jesus is talking to a people who have been waiting for 400 years since the return from exile to hear from God again. And, well, the difficulty is they're getting along without God. There, have, there are those who are waiting and will have the story of Simeon and Anna after Christmas, Jesus presented at the temple. But those people who are waiting for the kingdom of God to be revealed, waiting for Messiah. Um, but others, well, they've rebuilt the temple. And so the context of Mark 13 is the disciples are saying, Jesus, we've been wandering around the countryside so long, but we're in Jerusalem. Look at the temple. Look how amazing it is. Look how impressive it is. Wow! And Jesus has this word from the Holy Spirit where he knows the temple is not going to last. And we know that uh, 40 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, the Roman army come and they obliterate the temple. And so the Judaism we know today is a Judaism that has, um, that has grown without a temple. Without, uh, without sacrifice. There is literally an apocalypse coming for the Jewish people. Uh, and Jesus is desperately trying to attract people's attention, trying to turn their eyes to God, for them not to put their faith in bricks and mortar. He's saying, look, you don't, you don't know when God is coming. You don't know when disaster is coming. So be alert. Look for God. Look for what is going to happen. And it's painful looking back at a religious people for whom everything was taken away. And so many that Jesus spoke to Jesus didn't fit their idea of Messiah. Jesus wasn't what they were looking for, wasn't who they were expecting, and so they missed him. Now for us, on Advent Sunday, there is a very, well, it's, it seems more valid now than in other years to ask what we're waiting for. We've spent four weeks in our second lockdown waiting to be able to worship together in person again. Um, we keep waiting 
for a vaccine and for those things that provide hope of uh, a return to to relationships, a return to seeing people the way that we are used to, a return to meeting together as families under one roof. What are you waiting for right now? We've talked in the past about <clears throat> the challenge of uh, the idea of healing in the Bible. You know, Jesus has this miraculous power. The Holy Spirit works through the disciples to provide immediate healing to a number of people, but not all people. And so for us, we believe in healing. We believe that God can heal. God can completely change and transform a situation like this. <coughs> but we also know that God doesn't always. We also know that many of us are living with pain, with illness, with, with difficulties. Uh, that God could heal that God could take away in an instant, but isn't. And so I want to say to us today that there is something godly about waiting. There is something godly about not having everything that we want and being in that place of looking to God. For, for what is to come, for something more, for something better, something different. I think sometimes when we have all the things we want, that can be a dangerous place to be because then we, we become complacent. We become satisfied, we become content and our prayers lack urgency. Um, we can lose empathy with other people. We, we stop feeling other people's pain in the same way because we are insulated from that pain. That's worth saying, we, we laugh about first world problems. Um, there is a challenge for us in the UK that we complain about COVID restrictions, we complain about what we suffer, uh, but we are not persecuted as a church as the way people are in other places. Uh, we are not deprived of uh, shelter, of water, of food, basic necessities in this place the way that others are in other places. Um, and it's been fantastic seeing church continue giving to Lawrence's Larder, collecting clothes for the refugee camp uh, where uh, Heidi's uh, group Agape provided support, collecting clothes again for St Mungo's, the homeless charity in Birmingham trying to support people in this country. There is a, a need for us in this time of waiting, this time when the world is not perfect, where the world is still fallen, where the world is in such need of God's, oh, God's presence, God's blessing, God's saving life, that the church is to continue being the kindness of God. The church is to be generous, the church is to be kind, the church is to share out of what we have to support and strengthen people at this time.
And through all of this, we encourage each other with stories of what God has done in the past. Uh, it has been a joy to overhear the crochet zoom that's been taking place these last few weeks. Um, I, I do not crochet. I don't honestly want to crochet. I have tried a couple of occasions. I'm not sure my marriage would withstand the strain of Ali teaching me. But hearing people from different congregations at St. James sharing their stories with each other, sharing um, things that are happening in their lives that they didn't know about each other before, and then praying for each other has been so encouraging and it is so uplifting that you think actually this is it is one of the things that I love the most about St James the fact that because we are so big we are so diverse uh, we are able to constantly surprise each other with the insights and the uh, the wisdom that we can offer to someone else that they, they didn't have. And also then with the, the parallels, the things that are the same between us when so much is completely different. At Christmas we will remember God with us. And we will encourage each other that this is not all there is. And that one day Jesus is coming back and he will come on the clouds with glory. But in the meantime, in the waiting, we encourage each other and we trust God to provide what we need, to provide all that we need for us as individuals, for our families and for us as St. James Church together. Wherever you are, whatever you are waiting for, I pray that you will be able to wait with God, knowing him with you and knowing him loving you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the truth of your coming, of your incarnation 2,000 years ago. Thank you that you know what it is to live as a human being here on earth. Thank you for the truth of your death and your resurrection. And thank you for the truth of your Holy Spirit sent to comfort us and to lead us into your truth. We thank you also for the truth of your coming again. Even though we don't know when this will happen, we know that it will happen. And so we reach out to you in our waiting, in our current time of waiting for vaccines, for meeting again with families, for Christmas itself. Lord, would you meet with us in this time of waiting? Help us to, to trust in you and to meet with you day by day. We ask this, Lord Jesus, in your precious name and for your glory. Amen. So hopefully uh, you will have received an envelope uh, through your door. Thank you to all those who have helped deliver those. Um, 
In it, there's a number of things to help us pray through Advent. Uh, Ali has produced a video which is on Facebook and on our YouTube page. Um, I'll put a link on the notice sheets so that you can find that if you need to. Um, but I particularly want to encourage you to use the prayer of examine as something to do day by day. That uh, just at some point, probably towards the end of the day, light the candle. Remember that God is with you and then use uh, a red prayer, a blue prayer, a yellow prayer as a way of just reflecting where has God been with you? What's gone well? What's been difficult? And what do you need for tomorrow? And then take those things to God in prayer every day. And it's a, it's a historic way, a traditional way the church has waited and invited God to be with us in our day-to-day -day life. Uh, if you've not received an envelope, then please do call the vicarage uh, and we will get one out to you. Because it's, it, we can't be together uh, until next week. And even then it's only for 30 of us at a time. So this is something we can do together day by day to pray uh, and to invite God into our world and into our waiting. Stay safe um, and please know our prayers uh, and our desire to see God bless you in this time and this space. Go gently. God bless.